0: everybody and welcome to the Passion Podcast. My name is Saora and this is the place to be for all things masculine and feminine. In this podcast, you'll find all the things that you need to be able to understand both yourself and your intimate connections more and therefore be able to experience more passion, play and deep satisfaction in your relationships and in all other areas of your life. We dive especially deep into understanding men, to help men understand what is needed for them to find wholeness and embodiment, and to help women understand how we can take more responsibility and how we can support this growth within the men in our lives. Although I do primarily focus more so on men, simply because I feel that more support is needed there, we also dive into women too, into what women need from themselves, from each other, and from men in order to find true wholeness. I deeply believe that to evolve, we need to learn radical self-responsibility, but we also really need each other. So I hope you enjoy this episode and that you find some real, tangible answers that you can implement and integrate into your life. Enjoy. Enjoy. welcome to another episode of the passion podcast i have a beautiful man sitting in front of me jason diggs how you doing
1: hi nice to see you yeah i glad to do the dialogue with you
0: yeah yeah glad to have you with us mm-hmm well you know the the regular intro thing on podcasts so i guess i'd just love to give you a moment to just share whatever you feel like sharing about yourself with the with the listeners just so they can get a feel for who you are and what you do in this world
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i've been teaching for the past seven years all over the world a practice uh, that's known as authentic relating and this has a very particular lineage and it's really um, an honor to kind of find myself, um, you know, as one of the first people to kind of synthesize this practice into something that's more concrete. Mm. And so I'll talk a little bit about the, the history of that, but yeah. even before that, you know, I've, I've always just been the most curious, inquisitive um, being who just wanted to know and understand everything. You know, yeah. I think, I think pretty much um, everyone I, I, dated before at age 30 just thought I was a brainiac was not connected to his body at all and like <laughs> <laughs> I just completely stuck in my head mm. um and so you know dance saved my life and embodiment practices and qigong definitely brought me back down but I'm still in a process of descending of like wait how do I actually arrive here and now um and and walk my path and Mm. like anyone you know there's there's a lot of humanness yes Mm -hmm.
0: yeah beautiful and so do you want to share just briefly what you're up to now in the world some of your (laughs) new projects
1: sure yeah my new project is called authentic at work and relational intelligence training so i published a book two years ago called conflict equals energy and i systematized the whole authentic relating curriculum which is all about empathy and communication and curiosity and uh you know there's one part of it i think it's the heart of the whole teaching which is about the power of the heart and appreciation like if you and i just imagine you know, we could spend the next five minutes speaking glowingly about our friend Rania, right? We met a couple yeah. of years your-
0: Love right? you, Rania.
1: Like, Isn't she amazing? She's, She's just amazing.
0: Like- I was looking at photos <laughs> of her this morning. Big belly. She's very pregnant. That's right. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> I just sent her a message this morning. Love you, Rania.
1: Yes. And so what happened there with our hearts when we mm. started to... Um it's it's almost like the opposite of gossip, right? Gossip is negatively mm. talking about someone who's not present. but when we positively talk about someone who's not present, it like it's this upward spiral. And right. so right, I was just leading a um, a little workshop last night here in Hawaii. Um, and I'm down here vacationing, but really just wanted to uh, meet the community. So I set up these little workshops and and I led this exercise where we do this positive gossip thing and Mm. we study the power of the heart opening. Right. Um, and so authentic relating has this, um, origin 15 years ago people sat in a room they were like what if we just be in the present moment and not fix change or advise one another and we just explore the mystery together and that was called circling right and so the whole crew in uh, the bay area that developed this practice called circling and authentic relating and they're kind of like cousins um and i've yeah i was the first person to start you know the authentic relating podcast and i interviewed 30 leaders and and went all over the world teaching and I've kind of taken a step back in the past year, you know, and really gone different chapter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, really chose to um, translate more of the work that we're doing in the personal growth world and uh, spiritual circles for the business world. So the new project is called authentic at work. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think our culture is actually really ripe for this in a way that was just not at all possible two and a half years ago.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can really feel the potency of that. I feel just with everything that's going on in this world, people are much more primed and, and more available to actually look at themselves. Yeah. hmm Well. I bet there are some listeners that are like, what the hell is circling? Yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, circling, one form of it is, you know, we set a timer for an hour and we get curious about one person and Mm. we share what it's like to be with them. And, um, you know, we have this tool called sharing impact. So it's like, you know, being with you, like even the 10 minutes we spent together before um, we pressed record, You were telling me uh, your story about the valley. Um, I just noticed, and you led this like one minute meditation for us before we start. And I just noticed my um, being feels so connected to my heart being Mm -hmm. with you. And um, you appear to me almost as like a magical deer in the forest. (laughs) <laughs> Your kind of delicacy and grace in how you move um, has an impact on me of of like oh I want to be present.
0: Mm, cool.
1: Yeah. So that's just the that's an, an example, example. sharing mm-hmm. impact instead of instead of saying hey you're an awesome person or. You know, it's like we actually share what the effect is on us. Mm. Right. So Mm. you know, people did this experiment. We used to train circling facilitators um, in Boulder, Colorado, and people came from all over the world and trained and brought it to Europe and many other places. And then authentic relating is more of the structured version of it. So, you know, we have the empathy game and the curiosity game and the appreciation game, which I mentioned earlier. And um, and that's why, you know, when I wrote the book, I kind of took maybe 80% of the personal growth jargon out of the whole practice. I'm like, nice, nice. Does that land for you? What, what does that mean? You know, yeah, <laughs> we have all these catchphrases, but I how do we actually be relevant for our culture and society is really my, um, my passion and, and what I'm what I'm developing.
0: Mm, being more digestible to a broader array of humans. Yes. Awesome potent and super needed to bridge that kind of gap, that woo-woo gap. (laughs) (laughs) Gap woo-woo, remove that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was it like for me to appreciate you that way?
0: Yeah, it felt really sweet. I felt seen. Um, Mm. it felt, I I felt, it brought me even more into presence in myself. What else? It warmed my heart. It made me feel more vibrant.
1: Yeah, Yeah. all the good things.
0: All the good things, all
1: right.
0: <laughs> so I get curious around what were some of the most powerful things that you witnessed unraveling, kind of the common but powerful things you witnessed unraveling from circling?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mostly teach authentic relating. I was teaching circling. Right, okay. Um, yeah, twenty fifteen to to twenty seventeen, okay, and so then I started this authentic really income. old chapter. They're, but they're but they're very they're very related. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to do this, you know, in the circling training we did many years ago. And I was, you know, an assistant course leader for several weekends, and then I got promoted to course leaders. But you know, I was mainly watching my teachers do this. We would do this. It was almost like a secular rebirthing ceremony. It was so interesting. We would be in a circle of eight people. And because we had been practicing being relational, right? So most of our communication in in life is about things and um, strategies and the past and the future. And, you know, and then there's the personal, right, which is like the narrative and like what's actually happening for you and what's happening for me. Well, the relational is what's happening right now between us. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's almost like the whole field, you know, and it was a pretty small niche, but it, it has grown yeah, a lot in the last right. five years. It's like, we're trying to open up and like, what is the relational field? Right. And how do we talk about it? How do we learn about it? How do we um, navigate it? Right. And so we would do this um, ceremony with eight people and, um, and, you know, they would come into the middle and they would turn around and face every single person. And like, we'd all be breathing together. And then everyone would sit down, but they would stand up at the end. And know we would put attention on them and get curious about them for 90 minutes straight. And like wow. the facilitator, you know, was skilled in like weaving the um, experiences of other people in and just continually showering this person with reflection, with pure reflection. It wasn't wasn't just positive things. No, way, for sure. Like, yeah, but so really getting mirrored and reflected.
0: Really mirrored. Wow.
1: Yeah. And the wow. first time it happened for me in my workshop, you know, because I I was an d- attendee before I was a teacher, mm. it rocked my world, and it was like this little um, kind of boulder in the middle of my consciousness that sent this ripple and dictated my whole life path, you know? And I I know that so many people had powerful experiences from this.
0: No doubt. Well, thanks for that. So all of your experience in those realms is what actually led you to having enough of an understanding to be able to write your book, Conflict Equals Energy, The Authentic Relating Movement. So would you like Mm. to share about your book?
1: Yeah yeah, it was really um one of the hardest things I've ever done. you know really? I used to, yeah, for sure. I used to be a video producer and I've done lots of creative projects in my life. but like, yeah, I felt called to write it. and it was it it was like an ultra marathon for my mind because mm. I had to like go through the book ten times with an editor. and every time we went through it, we would take out five percent of the word count and like move things around wow to, to get it into really
0: succinct like, yeah wow yeah you know
1: w- with people's attention spans like i really yeah. wanted practical and straightforward yeah. and um so yeah it shaped my mind quite a bit and the last two chapters are about uh, the transforming of conflict into clarity connection and teamwork um and I call it conflict transformation, but the first ten chapters are everything that we, all the nuts and bolts. It's kind of like I don't know if you remember the movie Karate Kid. It's like Mm -hmm. sand the deck, paint the fence, and Mm -hmm. wax on, wax off. We we have to learn all of these kind of more basic things around curiosity and checking our assumptions and all these uh, tools to be able to actually handle and and work with conflict.
0: Beautiful. And so mm-hmm. I'd love for you to share a little bit about conflict transformation. What is it and uh, how, yeah, how, how can people navigate and master a conflict transformation in good ways?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, some- I wrote a whole book, so I'll just give the little, <laughs> no. um, I'd give one little piece that I think is the most important piece. So, um, there's a chapter on called emotional, um, Aikido. Which is how to receive from another person mm-hmm. um how to receive someone's charge whether that's anger or upset or um you know hurt feelings or whatever it is how to receive that mm-hmm. and then there's a second and that has five steps and there's a second process called emotional alchemy of how to do our own work can and we how you to share work some
0: our, of those steps
1: work our own trigger yeah the first step of the first one is called do nothing mm-hmm. and it's in Taoist fashion, it's very paradoxical to do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it is really about that first five to eight seconds when our nervous system is getting activated. Mm. To be able to notice that we're getting activated in our notice, our defense mechanisms kicking in, mm-hmm. and to instead of do our normal pattern. Mm-hmm. To set ourselves up to get grounded,
0: mm-hmm.
1: come from our most wise self,
0: mm-hmm. right? And that's that's just to me that just translates as allowance, like allowing it to be as it is, without needing mm-hmm. it to be something else. Just for starters. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think I think a lot. Do you mean allowance of the situation or the yeah. other person?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a very evolved version of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I think yeah. first we have to actually in, inhibit our own defensiveness or reactivity or like, like literally that's what I mean by do nothing. It means to we learn the skill of inhibiting our own reactivity.
0: Mm, and maybe that's the in, first step to allowing it to be in
1: the, as it is. Exactly. <laughs> and then if you're two or three steps later we can allow the, the situation.
0: <laughs> Aww being human man it is not easy it is really not easy we are inherently insecure you know we we're born into these lineages that have so much karma and so much density for us to get through and and it is thick it's really thick and it's there's a lot for each of us to get through to actually just be able to be a whole person that can actually commune with people without making things worse for yeah. all involved yeah it's a big deal
1: yeah and conflict is so painful for everyone
0: mm. so mm. i
1: mean you know i wrote a book on it because i'm conflict avoidant like we should start conflict avoidance anonymous or something yeah I'm, I'm jason and i avoid conflict
0: yes <laughs> and what
1: i mean by that is my strategy is to shrink and accommodate and run and and like hide
0: that's exactly what my girlfriend has been having to face Mm -hmm. and and because I know I don't I don't fear conflict anymore um Mm. because I have been through it in good ways so many times that my nervous system is no longer avoidant of it It very much used to be and and for me personally there's like a real allowance of because I have such a trust in the process. I know that in the unraveling of it, things are gonna get better. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very, I'm quite comfortable with sitting in that uncomfortability and trusting the unraveling, knowing that there is something beautiful that's unraveling through this. It's just very uncomfortable in the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I've, through a lot of growth, I've come to that. If mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of charge or with, with most personality types i can do it Mm. because they tend to like you know allow me to have enough space or something like that but with people who are very dominant and take up a lot of space i still do my old pattern yeah you know and i and so i noticed that um happening and it it just like brings me so much pain because i know they're in pain underneath like they're Mm. they're like trying to dominate the situation and control the situation and i know underneath there's a little one in pain and i don't have the skill to actually meet that
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: create healing Mm -hmm. you know
0: Mm, such a tenderness yeah yeah that's something that i've just been really looking at a lot lately just it's just so apparent to me how all of our conflict is really just trauma recapitulation again and again and again that's all it ever is and that all comes from somewhere and is all very understandable and worthy of compassion whatever anyone is acting from Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: yeah just if we can find a way to remember that in the thick of it Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, is anything else coming up for you on, on these topics before we change the topic that you want to share?
1: Well, well, I want to hear a little more from you, like, mm-hmm. how did you come to that journey, like, of uh, being able to face conflict and, and stop? That.
0: Yeah, I think, I think primarily it's been through facing things within myself first, and really going into the depths of of trauma within me and Into the depths of things that I've had massive resistance to and a lot of fears around and then coming to a place of like oh That actually makes a lot of sense that comes from there that comes from that wounding that comes from that wounding and is totally worthy of compassion 100% worthy of compassion and It's it's like in 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 the Understanding of that all of a sudden I just automatically had understanding of that in everybody <laughs> Um And it made it easier uh, but yeah definitely it's been firstly meeting my own quote unquote darkness and accepting that and accepting that it's not Actually me those things are not actually me. It's just the karma that I took on I'm a pure being that put on a meat yeah. suit of an ancestry that's filled with all this karmic stuff and so these quote unquote negative and painful things moving through me it's not actually me it's just the suit that i put Mm. on and it's actually a privilege for me to clear like there's so many souls that would desire to be here embodied in a human form right now and yet here we are. And this actually is on a soul level a massive privilege wow. because of how much we get to evolve here, how much we get to experience.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You I've I've felt the um the texture of that, like through my own contemplation, but I've never mm. had that those kinds of words and articulation. Um and I'm right mm. now I'm feeling like a mm-hmm. sense of like the responsibility of like oh this is this is the dna that i was gifted
0: right or chose potentially you know there's no real way to know it but that Mm -hmm. feels true to me that i chose it and it was also just all relevant for when it's it's like school you know it's like school you start in grade one you go up to go to grade three Mm -hmm. and each level has different kinds of lessons but somebody who's in grade four is not more important than someone who's in grade one they're equal and that's like that on the soul level, we're all different souls at different levels. Everyone is completely mm-hmm. equal and completely necessary, mm-hmm. but we are at different levels. And then depending on what level we're at and depending on what our purpose is, what we come here to explore. Like I came here to raise the vibration of sexuality on this planet and to really embody Uh, The codes of wholeness and in order to really bring that through I had to experience come into a lineage with Massive sexual wounding. I had to experience a bunch of sexual wounding myself I had to experience massive levels of incredible loneliness and ostracization In order to find that wholeness within myself without it being on the outside. So then I could teach people you know, and I feel like that's what our traumas actually really are. It's yeah. part of our life path and our life purpose. Um, and part of like mm. the, the class that we're in the level of the class that we're mm. in, we choose the meat suit, the ancestry meats, DNA meat suit that has the codes that will most likely bring up the traumas mm. that are the keys to our purpose. Yeah,
1: Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes I have like soul regret is what Mm. i would call it like
0: why did i choose this
1: (laughs) kind of feeling yeah
0: yeah
1: hearing your words yeah but that's just in the small mind a a sliver more acceptance and sinking into like oh yes yes yes
0: yeah and i mean even to the point of you know there's a lot of people who are struggling financially Right, A lot of coaches, a lot of really amazing, powerful, adept humans who are struggling financially. And it's just been really hitting home to me that being financially successful is not at all a sign of success because we all have different kinds of dharma. And some of us have the dharma that we are here to bring the codes of wholeness or whatever it is all the way through. And we have to bring wholeness into those realms without having money. How can we feel completely whole while you're broke? How can you feel completely whole when you're totally alone? And that is incredible success. That is success. And that is, if you're experiencing that, that's probably your Dharma. And for me, there's a great deal of freedom in, the acceptance that maybe that's never going to change what if what if that will never ever ever change how am i going to find my wholeness within it and maybe it will change maybe it won't either way i'm going to be better off but yeah there's just so much around yeah we we feel like we're doing something wrong when we compare ourselves to other people's yeah it's
1: so beautiful i i love this and authentic relating you know it has these codes in it and when i was writing the book it felt like I was speaking with the spirit. Authentic relating. Like it has a soul mm. itself. Yes. You know, and there's, you know, there's exactly, if you look at the lineage of the intellectual material, like, like some of it comes from Gestalt psychology and some of it comes from here. And, you know, I was one of the teachers who kind of brought a little bit more of a Taoism flavor to it. Um, with the the teachings around polarity so we talk about dignity and humility like how do you how do you stretch to uh encompass both how, like and so every time we encounter a uh, a false dichotomy is what they the word like where it seems like you have a choice between mm-hmm. love and truth right or you seems like you have a choice between speaking up for myself or Honoring the other person, or it seems like but it's actually a false choice. and it's it's an invitation to become bigger and and, and encompass both of these values. so exactly. Um, and not fall into the shadow of either one, which is posture and collapse, you know. Um, right. and it it had these codes, and it was handed to me um by my teachers as like, a bunch of coal <laughs> and i was and it felt like i went around the world because i did this workshop dozens of times um, i remember doing it in bali like um, one week after the volcano exploded in ba- bali uh, five years ago um, mm. i taught the first uh, mm-hmm. workshop there and, and then doing it for a year in bali and training other facilitators through that process of doing the workshops, it kind of got more and more pressed into like a more um had more shape. And I still had to do the work of actually downloading mm-hmm. it into book form, which was yeah.
0: of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And live it oh and embody it I, and be tested yeah. and trialed by it all. And
1: yeah. My my, my advice. That. Yeah my my sincere advice is to not write a book about conflict because the universe might (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh oh goodness (laughs) yeah yeah well I'm in the process of writing a program on wholeness
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's just say I passed some of the tests and didn't pass others and I'm gone (laughs) (laughs)
0: so just something you were talking about before really jazzed me up um we were kind of um touching upon it before we press record and again i've forgotten the word you used but you said the dichotomy between humility and what was it dignity dignity yeah and i've always gone on about the balance between humility and unshakable confidence and i just love how you point to that it's not either or it's it's and you know it's both and i feel like that's really like what i am all about even on this podcast you know i was exploring more about external polarity and now I'm moving a little bit more towards internal polarity but it's both I really feel that we in order to grow because love love doesn't grow one direction it doesn't just grow upward love grows spherically then we become more and more integrated wow. in everything and yeah. the greater the degree of growth generally the greater degree of paradox we need to be able to hold and um, be in, be in, both both of them, be integrated in both of them. And 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 that's actually kind of what my name means, Saora. It means the magic and the beauty and the balance point. Oh. The balance between light and dark, masculine and feminine, earth and cosmos. And that I'm here to be a bridge for human consciousness on those access points. And ever since I was given that name just over two years ago, Cause that name doesn't have any inherent meaning it's, it's, it's my soul name. And that is the, the vibratory sound of, of that meaning of the beauty and the balance point, Saora. Mm-hmm. And ever since I adopted that name, it's just been embodying and consolidating more and more and more in me. And it really does feel so pertinently true.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Beauty
1: and the balance point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: i have this hobby i like whenever someone has given themselves a name i Mm -hmm. like ask for the story
0: yeah cool Uh,
1: and it's fun hobby for me i've done it at least 100 times in the past Mm -hmm. half a dozen years so can i have the longer version of the story yeah
0: and i didn't actually give it to myself it's interesting because i'm australian as you can all hear and in Australia, it's not really so cool to change your name. And I never actually wanted to change my name. But in 2020, I was going through such massive, radical growth, went through a whole quantum leap, as many of us did yeah. and it kept coming through loud and clear that there was going to be a new name for me. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's <laughs> I just don't really want to do that. People are going to resist it and like, oh, you know. Uh-huh. And it kept coming through and I was like, okay, okay, all right, if it really has purpose for me and will actually support my growth, okay, I'm open. Just make it really clear. And it just gets got stronger and stronger. I'm like, gosh, what is this? And I kept trying to find names. I'm like, nothing was right at all. And then I ended up going over to Czech Republic mm-hmm. and I met this woman there and she's a very 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 powerful woman she has a really amazing medicine retreat center there and one of her gifts is being able to channel people's soul name oh. and the way that she does she and i found out that she actually had a as soon as i met her and i heard that i was like oh my gosh she's going to give me my name it was very clear but wow. then i found out that there was a list of like over 1500 people on a waiting list that she can only do 10 people a day because it's such a process and it's very exhausting and she usually ha- the way that she does it is that she has she has a number of different temples on her land and this one pati- particular temple she sets out this incredibly intricate geometry with thousands of crystals on the ground you walk in there and just oh you're just like goodness. how did you even do that it is so perfect it's this line of geometries with all different kinds of crystals, tiny crystals. Uh I don't even know how the hell they do that. It's like perfection in itself. And so basically she does one person at a time and they walk through the geometry and each part of the geometry they stop. And they like shared all of their ancestry and then they shared the connection with their parents and they you know And it's all shedding 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 and they come to the middle where there's two seats And she sits opposite them and holds their hands and she starts to get all this information about their soul and then she gets the she gets the name and she literally sees the name come out of their crown and she understands the meaning of all the different syllables and and yeah what it all means (laughs) and then they keep going through the geometry to land and and the name is actually it is like a mantra for yourself for your actual soul to come in and your soul's purpose to come in and you embody it every time you hear it pronounced correctly it's Mm -hmm. a it's a it's a mantra for yourself and so that's how she usually does it right and the very first time that i well, was actually the second time i met her i just met her briefly the first time and the second time there was just five of us at, at having a little fire in my friend's backyard and we were in a very deep place and mm-hmm. we were all kind of meditating together and just kind of opened a portal of energy there together and one of my friends there he had this question with her and he wanted to know if he was an old soul or a young soul which is an interesting question that an old soul would never ask (laughs) right and and so she's like okay come over here i'll hold your hands and she read all this stuff about his soul and told him he was a middle-aged soul And the whole time I was just like, Oh my gosh, I want her to read my soul next. And, and she said she was open to it and it felt really nourishing to be doing it in this, in the portal we had And the second that she touched my hands. I felt this something huge energetic shift in me. It was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, something is happening right now and she started to read all this information about my soul about the light and dark the balance and then all of a sudden she's like I can see your name and I was like I knew she was gonna give me my name (laughs) talk about like VIP (laughs) list and Uh. she said your name is Saora and as she said that it was like a lightning bolt of energy entered my crown and for five minutes it was like it was like full on it was so extreme all this energy was pouring into my crown it felt like lightning and pouring out of my breasts all this old stuff was pouring out of my breasts i don't know that's what i was feeling yeah it was so strong that after that i'm like okay I guess I'm Saora now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I asked.
0: This is really unfortunate that it's so hard for so many people to pronounce.
1: <laughs> Saora. 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 But
0: there's something in carrying a difficult name as well. There's something about it. It's like, there's, there's substance to it, you know, you really yeah. got to get to know me to really get to know how to pronounce it for the most part, so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. thanks for asking. I haven't shared that on this. I haven't shared that anywhere um, Mm -hmm. online, so that's cool. I'm
1: enjoying getting to know you.
0: (laughs) Thanks, dear. So basically, we have one more kind of topic that we wanted to explore, and that was about what has happened to our quote-unquote conscious community or just even the community post-COVID. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, how, how before COVID as a quote unquote conscious community, we thought we were all aligned on a lot of different things. And then in, in, in the midst of that, we, we all felt so much division Mm. and separation. And that was really, um, painful to all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, the whole COVID thing, it feels like a really bad medicine trip.
0: (laughs) Isn't that true?
1: Um, You know, I was, I spent three years traveling the world, teaching connection. I remember I did, you know, a course in Portland, a course in Oakland. I got back to Boulder and like the world just like went inside out. That's what it felt like. I felt like everyone around me was going a little crazy you know and we couldn't tell if we should come together and help each other or not right like, like literally our impulse to come together and help each other got interrupted the <laughs> most it's like the most human part of us right it's you know? so fucked yeah just
0: putting it bluntly
1: <laughs> yeah and um i think we have a shot as a culture you know here we are two and a half years later mm. um, To have post-traumatic growth, Mm. you know, there is possible. It's possible to actually lean into um, the wound and have it unfold into um, a gift, and even, you know, um, our path and what we're meant to in uh, embody. And you know, as an individual, we have free will and we have that choice. But as a community, as a culture. I don't understand how that works. I don't understand free will. Like, I really hope we choose the path or the timeline or whatever it is where we can learn. I think the fundamental issue is about mental health. Mm -hmm. We need if we as a culture can stop shaming people who are experiencing depression and anxiety and instead um, love them, you know,
0: how do you feel we shame those people hmm. as a culture?
1: I think people in general try to hide their yes. their pain. True. You know, um, and yeah, it, I think it has to do with internalized capitalism. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. if I can hide my pain, then I can go back to work and I can be productive and then I'll be successful, uh, accepted yes. by the community. Right. Um, and so that's where authentic relating i think is very um what's the word um psychoactive in a certain mm. thing because mm. the the core of it is really about revealing it's really about our vulnerability
0: revealing the humanity
1: yeah revealing the humanity you know we did a um a group last night and one of the main sentence stems we do is like something i don't share with everyone is Nice. And then I take them a layer deeper. And it's like something I'm scared to tell you. It's you know, and it's like we have to like peel back those layers mm-hmm. and and learn to love and accept mm-hmm. um, one another. And mm. and I and I think addiction, depression, anxiety, I think we need a culture-wide solution that actually like in this moment i feel anger it's like we really did allow millions of people to get addicted to painkillers because we allowed the pharmaceutical pseudo companies to do what they did yeah and we haven't actually changed the laws we've known mm-hmm. we've known about this for mm-hmm. you know there's this um book called chasing the scream um mm-hmm. by by this investigative journalist, Johan Hari, you know, I think it came out 2017, 2016, about the opioid epidemic in America. Okay. Um, and if, if you're in another country, you might not know, there's a very large part of middle America, you know, in the South, in the Midwest, um, where there's pain clinics where you can just go and get very strong synthetic opioids, which is the same thing wow. as as yeah. heroin. And like, it and it's an epidemic and, you know, people are overdosing and, and I have a friend who's actually using connection practice to um, heal addiction um, in Nashville, North Carolina, and we're training facilitators. It's actually, the organization is called Seek Healing, and I've done a lot of work with them in the past year, um, training facilitators, um, but they're using these connection practices. You know, the opposite of addiction is connection. So, like, how do we come together as a community, right? When um, our, a member is hurting, instead of right. you know ostracizing them, and it, right. I, I think you know they have it figured out in Scandinavia, but that's about it. They do <laughs> well. I I think to a large extent, um, Sweden and Finland and all of those um, and Norway, those countries, they have the strongest social safety net like no one there ever worries about being homeless or Mm. being in poverty
0: and not being able to get health care yeah yeah yeah
1: why do do that as as a planet as a species yeah
0: Yeah, because there's just so much greed and yeah because there's a lot of nefarious programs going on and not programs but um, agendas where they want us to be separate and scared and controllable Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's working <laughs> To some degree and where that's what we're learning to heal through and it comes back to that same thing again You know, I, I I keep as you were saying that I keep hearing like nothing is personal, you know It's like when somebody says something to you people are like oh don't take it personally But nothing is personal even the stuff that you're clearing within your own self is also not personal and I I know it's a bit of a stretch for all of society to be able to truly adopt that We're just these, you know, pure beings in meat suits and all the stuff that we're going through is not truly us You know, that's that's a stretch that we're moving towards more and more but You know any any ways that we can reach that within ourselves and access that knowing that it actually isn't personal is, is is only gonna greatly serve us. And so, what do you see as ways that that can happen for for the community? What what can you see as as things that are needed?
1: Hmm. I don't I don't know. You know, there's Mm -hmm. these luminaries that have a vision. Barbara Mm -hmm. Marks Hubbard was one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, she. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to meet her and uh, film her for a few things, and hearing her speak. I think she passed away a couple years ago. But she used to talk about these islands of coherence, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have disarray and chaos all over, well, you need to create an island of coherence, right? Mm. And then people can crawl onto the shore of that island and then mm. their nervous system becomes okay more attuned to the frequency of wholeness and Mm. coherence and then we can make the island bigger Mm. I don't think we can solve the whole thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know I think the thing the project I'm working on is really about um the broadest term I could imagine is emotional education and I think it is happening I think it started in the personal growth world uh with authentic relating and and the many other relational practices out there um and it and you know just learning about boundaries and attachment systems and all of this stuff is just filtering more and more into the mainstream and eventually we're gonna um, be teaching 12 year olds and Mm -hmm. 14 year olds about eventually Mm -hmm. their the coming on of their sexuality and the and their trigger and that we're gonna Mm -hmm. be teaching them like hey guess what you have different parts of you
0: right. right and
1: some of them are wise and some of them are unwise
0: yes yeah right? yeah that's like what should be this like in in australia the one subject you have to learn is english and really it should be the one subject you have to learn is emotional intelligence <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly. got
0: a little backwards <laughs> yeah upside down matrix indeed Mm-hmm cool well thank you so much for your time brother i really appreciate it and um i really enjoyed this this episode with you and um i'd love to give you a moment to share with the audience where they can find you online
1: Mm -hmm. yeah my personal website is jasondiggs.com and my business website is authenticatwork.org um and yeah my my book is available, and there's some free resources on my personal website as well. And it's been such a um, interesting and deep experience getting to know <laughs> you through this dialogue. <laughs> I want to tell the story of the synchronicity.
0: Yeah, do it.
1: So, so Aura and I met. We can't figure it out if it was four or five years ago. We just had. I think it days. was
0: longer, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: We have one mutual friend in common and we spent like three hours together, like hanging out and going shopping and and like, you know, having a bunch of cool conversations and, and the next time I see her is a week ago in Hawaii. And I six months ago, back in the spring, I saw your podcast and I reached out and I was like, "Do you want to do a podcast? Uh, you want to have me on your podcast?" I love doing those kinds of things. And you are like, "Oh yeah, that would be great." And we and like the message thread dropped and, mm. and like you you ended up going on another journey and not recording for a long time. But and I mm-hmm. and I created the story that we had an authentic relating moment before the the the, the podcast recorded. And I was <laughs> like, I made up the story that you didn't actually want to do the recording because you kind of dropped the communication thread. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: And, and so, six months goes by. I go to this um, place in um, Pahoa to dance. Go to a static mm-hmm. dance, and I see you. Mm-hmm. You're dancing. I'm dancing. I'm trying to catch your eye. You didn't recognize me.
0: No, I was I was <laughs> going through something that day, big time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's in the thick of it.
1: And I get home from the dance, and you had messaged me.
0: That day? That the same
1: Yeah. (laughs) Literally, like within hours. Yeah.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) What are the odds of that? That's really trippy.
1: Yeah. So this this dialogue was meant to be.
0: Meant to be. Mm -hmm. Hopefully
1: you press record at the beginning, right?
0: (laughs) It's recording, yes. (laughs) oh well thank you once again it's been really fun and i hope my listeners i hope you you enjoyed this and i hope you were able to get something that's really helpful in your lives and felt some clarity and hopefully some inspiration as well and yeah thanks for joining us and we hope to catch you again soon bye bye Thanks for listening to this episode. I really hope that you were able to get something helpful from this. I would love to request if you found anything in this helpful or useful, it would be so deeply appreciated for you just to take a moment to rate and review this podcast. But what I really, really, really would love is for you to please actually send this podcast to anyone that you think would actually benefit from it. No, but seriously... Could you please do this? This takes a lot of work and I'm not making any money from this. And it would just feel like such beautiful, sacred reciprocity if you took a moment to do this. It really, really, really helps to get the word out there. And you have no idea how much it helps me and helps the podcast and helps my work when you actually share it with people that are going to benefit from this. This world of podcasting is quite peculiar in that I'm just sitting here in my bedroom creating all this magic by myself. And I have absolutely no idea how it is being received in the world. So if you feel so inclined, I would adore to hear from you to be able to understand how this is landing. So please feel free either to let me know once again through the reviews or just direct message me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook under Saora Love, S-A-O-R-A-L-O-V-E. If you have any particular questions or topics that you would like me to explore in this podcast, please let me know. I look forward to working with you one way or another, whether it's through this podcast or one-on-one or in my upcoming programs. Thanks for your time and we hope you get to listen to us again soon. Bye.